You're listening to the Farm to Fork podcast, the show that was created for food manufacturers. Each week, we'll investigate into the food industry and dive deeper with the latest leaders in technology and innovation. I'm Joe. And I'm Andy. And we're from Carlisle Technology. Today's topic is on how to use personal branding as a catalyst for corporate branding. Our guest today is Jay Ashton. With over 33 years of experience in the hospitality industry, Jay Ashton is a highly skilled brand activation manager known for his ability to build and transform brands using data-driven strategies, cutting-edge marketing tactics, and engaging events. Jay, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I've been in the industry about 33 years. I've been really passionate about marketing and branding for quite some time. I went to university for the arts, and I really kind of love the fact that branding is really just a different way of communicating or marketing is just a different way of communicating out to the masses and being creative and stuff like that. So I, I really enjoy it quite a bit, but I've been in the industry for a long time. I've built some enormous aspects within a company that I work for today. And really have a great time just doing this and really utilizing a new network that we've also built, I guess, through COVID to really, you know, build out the brand of the company that I work for today and really kind of share a new light in what brand building is all about. I know when you and I were kind of going over introducing each other and seeing if this was going to be a good fit for the podcast, you know, you kind of explained a little bit about your network and what you guys are doing. Do you want to talk a little bit about that effort and, and kind of what you have going on over there? Because it sounds pretty exciting to me. Yeah. So during COVID, we kind of built the first food service network for podcasting and live streaming that is out there in the industry where we work with about 20 different companies right now that are really helping us produce content on a daily show. We looked at a lot of different things and we looked at the network that we built. We looked at the company that size that we are, we're in the top 100 companies in the world. And we looked at what do we do to build our brand out? What do we do to really connect with the audience and to people? Because a lot of people don't follow companies nowadays. I always say people follow people, people not necessarily follow companies. And they may, as you shift that brand identity, then they will follow you. But a lot of companies that have been around for a long time have really had a brand that a lot of people don't resonate with or the, that old standard or that old mentality of what those brands were. So we had to look at that because we've been around for 50 plus years and we had to look at how do we reconnect that brand to our audience so they believe what we we talk about and and listen to what we want to share with them and, and provide resources and solutions to them that they want to use and that there's no hidden agenda in it. So we said, let's do all of our shows live, which has never been done with a company the size that we are. We don't edit anything on our shows other than the odd, you know, maybe the intro or the odd commercial that we integrate into them. And let's go out there and work with all these amazing companies to help us build the content so we can run a daily show. So we do that today. And we found a lot of success in that. And we found, a, I really got passionate about it because I really enjoyed the connection of just being open to our listeners and to our audience and to our viewers, because um, it is a video-based podcast. And we really enjoyed that. And it was amazing because a lot of people are seeing the brands that we have in there, which are some of the biggest brands in the world that are producing content for us. And we're actually making them more relatable more authentic, more, I guess, real than they are and removing the curtains and showing who they truly are. And 
It's incredible. It's been an outstanding journey over the last three years. We just celebrated our three-year anniversary this past May 14th, and we're into our season four coming up this September, where we're looking at how do we even evolve it more? How do we get more content out there? And how do we really connect with people? And and it's the simplest thing. I always say it's so simple. Let's just be ourselves and let's connect to the audience that way. I think that's great. I mean, when you and I were discussing a little bit, I, I was excited just hearing all the different things that you guys are doing. And, you know, with this Farm to Fork podcast, we just do it monthly. So I can't imagine all the effort that goes into doing a daily podcast and putting all this stuff together and creating the content. So kudos to you. And you're definitely the expert when it comes to podcasts. So we're excited to have you as a guest on here. I don't know so much about expert. <laughs> we're learning. We say we, we continue to learn. Every day is a new learning, but we're, you know, I think it's a thing too, is like, and I'm holding a workshop at the end of the month on can restaurants leverage podcasting as a marketing strategy. And we're going to see it because I think it's a, it's a great way to spend 30, 45 minutes, an hour with someone that's like a marketing dream, uh, really relating to your audience. Right. So absolutely. I don't know. We're quite experts yet, but we're getting there. Well, thanks for that background, Jay. You know, happy to have you with us on the podcast today. Very interesting to see, you know, your passion and drive for marketing, brand building, and, you know, basically how you've leveraged your position within the market to kind of build yourself up to a a new sort of platform. To kind of jump right into it, can you give us the 30,000 foot view of the history of brand building and how it's evolved over the decades? Yeah, absolutely. I really think it's interesting because branding, I think, has really evolved over the last, especially the last 10 years. And back in the day, it was, you know, your logo, your company, and your product was really what that brand was. It was really that simple. And today, we've really seen it take a whole different, I guess, lane. But I think it's also been a big factor that's really contributed to this is social media. We've seen a shift to more personalizing branding, more companies looking at what is their brand and does it relate to their audience or to their customers or to the people they want as customers and really create that more deeper connection with them. And I really think we're seeing these change right now, where we're seeing uh, CEOs. I saw uh, the CEO of Walmart the other day get on LinkedIn and talk about their update. Well, I know what they're doing is that relationship of seeing a guy that looks like their employees, dresses like their employees, even had their name badge, what their employees would have in their stores. And that makes it relatable. And I think the same thing when you see, I always believe that Steve Jobs really was a founder of that personal brand to the connection of his products, he could afford a suit. Why did he always launch products in a sweatshirt, jeans, and sneakers, right? He had to relate that and create his personal brand that related to his customers. So I've seen this evolution, and we're doing this same right now with the company that I work at, is really that connection. How do we connect in that more personal, authentic way than it was before, where we say branding, you just have logo, maybe an ad, a poster, what's your logo look like? Does it resonate? That's where it's really shifted to. And I really think we're going to see more corporations and companies like it is today shift this way over the next five years. I think it's going to happen, if not even sooner. And you're seeing it today. Like I said, the Walmart example, but you're seeing this today where people have to have that connection to those brands in a more personal and authentic way. I think that's something that, you know, with the company we're at, we're looking at is, you know, what makes sense from a marketing strategy perspective? You know, we're a business to business marketing company. So, you know, we're not necessarily going directly to a consumer. So then we're saying, you know, as far as social media goes, you know, what platforms make the most sense? Where does our audience actually live? 
you know, what do they relate with the most? What sort of content do we need to create? And how do we need to do that? Because kind of to your point, social media has opened up and kind of changed the way that marketing happens from the way that it happened previously, right? And so it's, there's so many different avenues and aspects. For us, it's just trying to figure out, you know, where do we find the audience we're looking for? And then how do we relate best to those people? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. And, and I want to jump on this because I love this subject is that I think it's the evolution. Like it's, it's through the 70s and 80s of TV. TV really started putting out commercial ads and sort of really trying to build the brands for these commercials where we had to become someone that we're not. And on the commercials, right, you saw the people on there or you saw a banking commercial and it's like, eh. and I just did a seminar the other day where I asked everyone in the audience, do you believe what the banks say on the commercials even today? And none of them raised their hands. And I said, exactly. We don't relate to those. So as we see the evolution, and then we come into social media time where we are today, is that we have to relate and be believable or relate to them. And it's interesting. It's like the evolution of being fake or being on stage or creating a person to now just being ourselves. And that is, I think, the evolution that we're also seeing within the society. But I really think it's such a beautiful thing because... I'll go into events and I'll say to our our corporate team and I'll say, isn't this great? We just have to be ourselves today. And they're like, wow, what is that like? I'm like, yeah, you don't have to pull up the banners, those plastic banners that we put into shows or events that explains who we are. That's the old mentality. You shouldn't have to have that as your personal brand. It needs to be more personal and more connecting to our audience. And I think that's the evolution over the last 20, 30, 40 years is that we've come from this fake, you know, the fake advertising to today just being real and connecting. We don't have to hide anything. It's okay to, I always say in in my lectures is, it's okay to make mistakes in your social. It's okay to make, you know, to be real. When did we have to be so perfect? Because we don't relate to that perfection, right? Yeah, and I think, you know, the pandemic did a lot for that as well too, because we think back to, you know, there was a corporate environment where everybody was in the office in that pre-pandemic state. And then all of a sudden, you know, you see you're on Zoom or Teams meetings with people and they've got kids crying in the background and they're wearing like sweatshirts, like all the corporate environment kind of goes to the wayside, right? And you see re- like people really for who they are. And now as we shift back into like a normal society, there's still that aspect of, you know, I think people really connected on that, you know, seeing colleagues and other people in the business world in a more human aspect, right? And so I think that's just going to continue as well. Well, I think the people are the brand of companies, right? And if we can connect or bring those people out as more of the humanized part of that company, then it will relate to your customers. It's such an interesting thing. And I saw that. I always say this on my shows is if you have a kid or a pet, let's throw them in the background because people relate to that. It's a more humanized aspect of what we're trying to do with that brand. And it's amazing what happens when we sit there and go, okay, they're just regular people as well. And I think if more companies understand what that does to either their stock price or to their overall company performance, it will grow your sales. It will grow your company. I always go back to what Steve Jobs did. He had to grow a company. He had to create products that you know, are more money than any other product in the marketplace in that area. And he did that by relating to people. It's such an interesting aspect, but uh, definitely one that I think we can all learn from. Absolutely. Jay, I think you touched upon this a few different times, but can you define for us, you know, the difference between a corporate focused branding strategy versus a personal focused branding strategy? And, you know, what are the implications of pursuing either route? Yeah, like I think right now, 
they're they're very similar. And I think the problem is that we've separated them before, where we said corporate branding is this, and here's personal branding. I think personally that there kind of be a mix of both, where they can actually, if you're looking at what your personal brand is, it can be blended into your corporate strategy branding as well, where your personal branding is what your brand is. And I think that's what I look at it as. Like I have my own personal brand. It's the content that I'm producing. It's my shows. It's the stuff I'm posting on social media. It's the way that I'm going into different conferences or doing different lectures. That's my personal brand. And I think when I connect with that personal brand and I look at my corporate branding strategy, it's the same thing. It's very similar. It's there's a consistency with that brand that we've built with our media network is really that authentic, pure, you're going to get 100%. There's nothing hidden there. And it's a connection between the two, but very similar, if not to be able to blend them together once in a while. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think even, you know, when I look at not just on the marketing side, but bringing in anybody on the sales or marketing piece. I think when you're looking at individuals coming into a company, if you see that they have developed their own personal brand, then you know that they're bringing a whole pile of assets with them into that company. Instead of just hiring one individual, you've got somebody that has their own brand, their own following, their own branding mentality of you know who they are for that industry. And I think that that brings a lot of intelligence to what your solution is or what you're trying to bring to your end customers. There is risk, though. There is definitely a risk about it, right? And you have to be careful because there might be some things they've done in the past that it may come up as, as you build out your brand, or you just had a mixed bag of you know different things that you believed in or, or different. You didn't have a consistency within your brand of your personal brand. You have to look at all that. You have to be careful when you come out. So when you are working on it, there has to be some, I guess, strategies and plans on building your personal brand. Within that, and I think consistency is so big. Quantity is very big as well. Is that when you're producing, you're working on your brand, and especially on the social aspect, you have to create a ton of content out there today to make any dent within that. And I think that comes into the business aspect. If you're using your social or your strategy for your corporate branding, don't just rely on one or two different marketing plans or strategies that you're putting into place. You have to create a ton of stuff today. There's too much brands out there. I forget how many thousands of marketing branding that we get hit with every day. It's through the roof now because of how much we're spending online, how much we're spending on social. It is crazy. So I think we really need to look at how much are we being produced and wrap it up, completely wrap it up. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, you, you spoke a little bit about, you know, the strategy incurring risk for a lot of companies that want to go the personal approach. It seems like a lot of times, you know, the, the personal branding approach really goes and fosters a sense of a genuine message to their target audience. So a lot of the points you were speaking, you know, to Steve Jobs, um, you know, earlier iterations with Apple. Can you speak to how a company can start to develop branding around an individual and who those key people may be to become, you know, a personality or an ambassador? Yeah, you know, it's a great question. So the first thing I think they really need to do is shift their mindset. They need to really, I think, do a, a review of where they're at, almost a SWOT analysis on their own company, and really look at what they need to do to and what and understand what the value is of personal branding and the impact they have on their corporate brand. They should identify, you know, who those individuals are. If it's the CEO, I look at that example of Walmart. The other day when I saw on LinkedIn and he's out there, he's got on his his office. He's like I said, he's dressed 
not in a suit. He's done all the things you have to do to relate. And he's even wearing the same name badge that his employees would wear in their stores. So really cool. So you have to look at that and you have to see who those people are. And then you have to look at their strategy of their brand. If it doesn't relate to the customer or to your audience, you're not going to create that personal branding touch. You're not going to create that connection to them. And it really is not going to do anything for your strategy. So you have to look at who those people are. What I always say is, do you imagine if a lot of these companies did what we do with our podcast and opened up their world of who they are? A lot of people would probably have a lot of empathy for them, a lot of connections to them that they've never done before. And they and like, who the, who are these people? Who, who are they? Are they in a lab? Are they you know, in this big, tall building, or are they just relatable, just regular people? So I think a lot of companies need to do that first is understand who they are, where they're going, who, and change your mindset. You got to be careful in that mindset. It has to be shifted because a lot of people will go back to where their comfort is and go back to that. Okay. We got to go this way guys, or they'll take some, I think a lot of companies have to do pilots. They have to test the marketplace and they have to see what that does to the resonate with their customers. And then get in there and start creating tons of content and engage with your audience, engage with your customers. Don't be afraid to get out there and talk with the people, right? Participate in events that may be not around or primarily connected to your company. I think that's important. I do a lot of events, I have some coming up here that doesn't have a direct relation, but it is involved. I, um, I once had the CEO of John Deere come to Calgary. They called me up one day at my office and their team was coming to Calgary and, you know, farming equipment. Why are they calling me? And he said, Hey, we're in Calgary for a national conference. Would you mind if we come and spend a day with you to learn about beef? I said, sure. Why not? So we had the whole people, about 10 people of his team, uh, but all the executives from John Deere uh, worldwide come in there. We had the marketing guy. We had a warehouse guy. We had a mechanic. Uh, we had the CEO. We had a CEO of a local dealership here and really had them all in the room. And I thought that was so cool that there wasn't a direct relationship, but there was something that they could learn that could help their business out. Because what we do does touch the same people that they do, but not a direct relationship. And I thought it was interesting to look at that. And there's a brand as well that's really kind of connected to a lot of people. They almost wrote the book on personal branding in a way that took a corporate brand and said, hey, we're going to make attract your brand cool for clothing, <laughs> right? Cool for baby gear. Babies can wear John Deere and it's cool. Or we're going to create a toy line as well. When you think of that way of how they related to people, there's some key notes there that we can pull from when it comes to personal branding. I know my kids, my boys, they wear all John Deere, not all John Deere stuff, but they've got a bunch of John Deere shirts and hats and stuff that they think is super cool as well too. So it is funny that you mentioned that. Do you see, you know, companies, large companies, especially like the John Deere's or the Walmarts, do you see that them looking at this personal branding strategy as a bit of a business risk compared to a traditional strategy? And if you do, why? I, I don't know if I do see it as a risk. I think it's a reward instead of a risk. But it is risky in a sense of just making sure they have their ducks in line and that they don't get caught up in imperfection and making mistakes, that they don't get caught up and derail something because it didn't work the first time. I think they have to be, you know, go that way, try it, and then keep evolving it and keep nourishing it. Because some of the things that you do at the beginning 
when you roll these kind of this mindset out doesn't resonate sometimes and it might take time to move that way over. You know, it's not the 60, 90 day process anymore. It sometimes takes a lot longer, especially as you're shifting a huge brand like that, which I've done before, where you're re reinventing the brand and it takes a lot and you need to make sure you have the right brand ambassadors on your team and everyone's doing the same thing and following the same mantra or it will just constantly, you'll spin your wheels in the same spot. Yeah, I agree. And even building up the content that you need and kind of getting your, you know, instead of spinning your wheels, but kind of getting that traction to where you've got people following you, you're creating content that's engaging. And then it just takes a while to build that momentum, right? Absolutely. I think it it does take time, but I think if you work on the speed of it, you keep your consistency, speed and quantity, you'll nail it. You'll nail it every time. So we, we talked a little bit about, you know, why personal branding can become a catalyst for a corporate brand, you know, identifying who that ambassador and personality is and really growing and developing them into the role. But Jay, can you speak a little bit more to what the long-term strategy and organizations use for these ambassadors and uh, brand personalities? Well, we need to make sure that the commitment to your company and the, the fact of what your commitment is to the public needs to resonate with there needs to be engagement with them as well and really making sure that you have the right people doing it and there needs to be that strategy that focus it needs to be where are the platforms where are you going to be talking about this stuff where are you going to connect with them right and it really needs to resonate with them more and more in that way but i really believe that it needs to be a focus amongst the corporate team down into the it is a you know model that way but everyone needs to be on the same page of that and then needs to be also, there needs to be in a sense where you look at the integrity of your content. You need to have people that understand the industry that can talk about the commitment of what the company is doing within their, I guess, their focus of their sustainable practices of the quality that they have, the customers and the partners, they need to be connected with them. They need to understand who they are, first of all. They need to understand what the company's values are, what their purpose is. All those things needs to resonate with the audience that you're going after. But it needs to be done in a simple way, just being yourself and being pure and authentic. Just thinking through this, you know, we were talking about some of the bigger brands, how they've had people like Steve Jobs with Apple or something like that. I also think about, you know, kind of recently with the Walmart CEOs buying a sports franchise with the Denver Broncos, or you have Mark Cuban with uh, the Dallas Mavericks. And, you know, just that aspect of, I mean, obviously everybody can't buy a sports franchise, but I think it represents the fact that, you know, they're investing in things that the normal everyday people like, you know, like sports or you were talking about John Deere with, you know, clothing and just shirts and things like that, that are, you know, something that anybody can kind of understand. But then there's also, so there's that aspect of, you know, just relating with the everyday Joe on the street through things like sports. But then there's also the aspect like you're saying as well, too, of actually knowing something about the industry that you're in and not just being, you know, some figure with a charismatic smile in a sports franchise, but actually having, you know, empathy for the industry and having a, you know, a knowledge base that people, you know, they'll see through you if they think that you're just very surface level, right? So just actually investing in the industry that you're a part of. Yeah, they definitely will see. They will see when you don't know the industry, they will read right through you. And it doesn't help. And I think you can, and it's okay in a way, because you can spin that too. If you don't know the industry that you're out there creating this new branding strategy for them, 
and you're not from that industry, you can actually leverage that now to go in there and say, I don't know anything about it. And I'm not sure. Teach me. I want to become an expert. And being open and honest with your audience, I think it's so important that way. And I think a lot of people try not to do that. They try to come in and they, and they try to almost fake their way through it. And I don't think today that we can do that. I think you have to be real. And it's okay not to know, right? It's okay to say, I just don't know. I'm learning this. I've been given this new role. I've been giving this. I want to understand. I want to relate. You create that empathy connection. That's gold in my mind. And so to kind of contextualize and ground this to specifically the food processing industry. So, you know, do you see a, a branding strategy, you know, like the personal or corporate brand focus, you know, working for B2B companies like food manufacturers? And if so, could you give us an example of what, you know, a potential strategy could look like for that manufacturer? Absolutely. I think you have to look at that B2B similar to a B2C. I believe that a lot of B2B companies that are out there right now that are looking at building these products up there is that creating that connection to your audience, like to your customer base or to who, your company connecting to your, your customers. I think you have an opportunity. I really do believe you have an opportunity to create that authentic connection to them on building your brand out. So I believe that, yes, it does work that way as well. It doesn't always have to be, it definitely works for consumer base, but a lot of those B2B have been kind of fed the old smoke and mirrors kind of model as well. So the more that you can create that open end to end marketing strategy, build building your brand through that. Absolutely. I think it works. I do it today. It works so much that those people are really your customer as well. Right? So I think it definitely for big corporations, for food manufacturers, we need to remove this perception that we have of these companies and we need to be more authentic to connect with them. It will give us, I guess, a little bit of a leg room when things sometimes, in which they always do, go sideways. And we have to do that more and more. Like, I just, I think it's very big into the B2B side of our businesses. And I think with, you know, food manufacturing specifically, you know, if you're a food manufacturer and you're creating a product, you're creating it for the consumer. And if the consumer starts to demand it, then those distributors are going to purchase it from the manufacturer so that they can have it in their stores, right? And so we've seen that a lot with specialized brands that do things like, you know, organic food products or with traceability, you know, having to be able to track the food product back to the originating farm. And you see consumers starting to demand that. And then they, you know, start pushing that from their retailers like Walmart or Kroger or Loblaws or whoever. And then they start demanding it from the manufacturers, right? But it is that realistic, you know, people want something that's real. They want to see that true side of it. So I think, you know, to your point, if you're still Maybe you're a B2B company, but if, if you market as a B2C company, because ultimately you're going to have a consumer buying your product, then they're going to make that demand for you at that B2B level. Absolutely. And I think it's, and I don't know why we separated the two so much is that B2C, but ideally it is, I understand the B2B model, but I think we need to, maybe we create a new one, but we create, yeah. we create a new one. But yeah. I think if we have the mindset of both, you definitely will create a stronger brand that you're trying to contribute out there in, into your marketplace. Yeah. And, and so kind of piggybacking off that and moving forward along the strategy, can you talk a little bit about, you know, the platforms that everyone should be familiar with when it comes to enhancing your brand and how can these organizations use the platforms intelligently to improve their branding? Yeah, and I think we've seen a shift a lot, or especially through COVID, is that I think right now brands, and I'm seeing it every day, 
that we're seeing the you know more of the manufacturers, more companies out there of sharing a lot of their I guess their their strategies or their brand building through social media. It is huge. We see companies right now posting their sustainable practices on LinkedIn, sharing you know their decks, their information that they're doing, opening up to the B2B model more and more to the marketplace of who they truly are. And I think that is huge is to look at how social media, we spend so much time on social media now, nowadays, that it is definitely the avenue to start building out your B2B model of your company through those channels. You will be amazed how many other CEOs or big companies spend on social as well as they're looking for that content or they're looking for the influencers or they're looking for those connections in the social space as well. So I think it's very big. I think we need to look at, this includes Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook or Meta for building your brands out. Those are important. You need to have a full-blown strategy on that. It does need to be perfect. I think that's the big key part. Be real, be authentic on those channels and get your messages out more and more. Don't just do it once a month and say, oh, we're good. Do it as much as you can and really get out there, make a dent in the marketplace with your brand and your strategy on those channels. And then obviously websites, you know, I don't know how many people go to websites today versus social media sites. There's probably seen a decrease there, but I definitely think that's important. I think newsletters, blogs are still important. Podcasts, I think are huge in building up the connection to either a B2B or B2C model of your brand through podcasting. I think it is one of the biggest marketing channels we have right now that is going through the roof. It, you know, we're, we're seeing more viewers than anything. We're seeing podcasts open up hugely right now out in the marketplace. And I think it's such a great way to spend an intimate time with someone, the driving to work, working out, going for a walk, you know, spending that time for themselves. I think it's huge. I think we need to have more of them. I think we need to have everyone have a podcast, a personal podcast. I think, yeah. And I think to your point, you know, if you focus on the platforms, the social media platforms, what that'll do is that will organically grow your need for content, which then will expand to things like podcasts, like you're saying, because you're going to want to have something that you can put out on your social media platforms, right? So you're going to create things like podcasts or blogs or write articles or whatever you're going to do so that you can have something to actually put into your social media platform. So it's a bit of a organic way to grow that is starting with those platforms, then building up content and then recycling that content also to use on your website or to use on other various different platforms as well too. You know, you look at what if a CEO every week did a five minute update of the industry that they are in and what's happening with their company? Every day or every week, at least once or twice a week, just a little shout out. Maybe it's the beginning of the week and the end of the week. And they did that. What would that do to their company's brand, right? We'd relate to them. You're seeing this with the, the biggest company in the world, Amazon, right? One of the biggest companies in the world, right? We're connected now with Jeff. We know him. We feel personal. We're connected. We, we know who they are, right? Like it's weird, hey? Like how, and you think about the time of like really, you know, you think about the last hundred years. We've never related, like who's the CEO of Nike, right? We don't. But you see these new brands that are coming out here, you know, with Facebook, with you know, Amazon, Google. We're knowing who these people are. Tesla. Like how many people love Tesla and think, you know, in connection to Elon, right? Like there's this weird connection that we're doing with these corporate brands around the personal branding of these CEOs and what they've done. It's, it's bizarre. It's, it's exciting, but definitely crazy. 
crazy cool, but I think we need to look at those things. We need to understand what they are. We need to digest them. But do you imagine if a company every week, their CEO on there, like Elon does on Twitter, or he's very active on social, what it's done to their personal brand. As long as you're hitting the right notes and relating, no smoke and mirrors, being true and authentic and, and sharing your mistakes, because we're not all perfect, your company will grow. It, you really will see growth coming out. And I think it would change so many companies that they just tested it and change that mindset that you don't, that we can't be the voice. The CEOs can't be the voice of these companies. I think that's wrong. I think it's a miss. So looking at it as such a, po- a negative, it's a positive in a sense. Focusing a little bit on the negatives there, what are some of the common hurdles that companies should look out for when they're developing out their brand strategy? I think it's the, we've done it this way. So let's continue to do it this way. I think we have to stop looking at the creative people in the, the companies as the crazy weird ones. We need to look at them the other through a different lens. I think we need to also be cautious of going back to the old ways you know, testing something that didn't work and then we go back. Our podcast name, because I didn't, like over three years, I'm like, I think we have to change our name now because it doesn't resonate with the audience as much as I was thinking. And I had feedback from one customer saying, you know, it's all about your company still. And I'm like, wow, like we never talk about our company on our shows ever. That's one of the golden rules. We want to talk about everyone else. And that really hit with me. And I thought, well, let's change up our brand on it. I think it's time to shift it and, and see what it does and it resonates. And it works. It's working because it didn't work. I think we need to change it. Keeping the way it's always been done is a thing that we have to be careful because a lot of companies say, oh, it's so big. We can't change it. I, I don't believe that. I think you need to look at it. You need to get feedback. Stop looking at the crazies as the people that are the, the crazy ones are the ones like Steve Jobs quoted ones that will change the world. And they're the ones that see things differently. And I think we need to embrace that. We need to embrace the creative people again and look at how do we incorporate them into our companies now and not look at, especially in sales companies, is just focus on the sales-driven initiatives and activations. We need to look at the resources and the support channels to help build our brands more. I think there's also a fear aspect for some companies as well too is, they look at something like starting a podcast or something like that. And it's like, well, I don't even know where to get started with that or who would ever listen to our podcast or, you know, there's a million different reasons why you wouldn't do it. And it's just kind of getting past those and realizing that, you know, the cost of entry is basically zero. You just need somebody to walk you through how to do it. And then you'll, you know, take that first leap of faith and actually just start doing it. Right. Here's an example. I totally agree with you. And here's the, the example I love. Starbucks has an employee podcast. They have an employee podcast, Starbucks. Does Starbucks ever complain about not finding enough people to work at their other coffee shops? You never hear them complaining. There's people that want to work. They love to work there. You see people that are, you never see a grumpy, unhappy Starbucks employee. They're always happy. They're always very energetic. They've got this realness to them. We almost embrace like we almost want to go there and i think that relates to their brand and the fact that they can offer a premium price on their products right but they have a podcast that they interview employees i think starbucks careers is the name they interview employees about how awesome it is to work at starbucks a real authentic podcast but back to who like someone came to them and said hey let's try this idea and i was listening to it it's it's great it makes you go wow here's a new brand here's a new strategy of building a brand 
And you never hear them complaining about there's a shortage of people. You know, when we first started or thought about doing the Farm to Fork podcast, you know, one of the the guys who kind of thought it up, you know, his son had done a, a similar podcast or a had done a podcast in his university. And I think it was a course he had taken or something like that. And they, him and a bunch of kids started this podcast in university. And and so this guy comes in, he's like, hey, we need to do our own podcast. Nobody else in, in our industry or none of our other competitors are doing this. Like, we need to get a, a foothold in this. And my, you know, my first reaction was, you know, how could we ever do that? Like, I don't know anything about podcasting. I love listening to them, but I don't know how to even get started. So we actually had his son come in and teach us, you know, a university student teach us how to do this and how to do it properly, right? And it's something as simple as that, you know, and we've never looked back since then. And so it was, you know, the first fear of, you know, I don't want to do this. It's too hard. I don't even know where to start with it to let's just get this kid in here to show us how to do it. And then you hit the ground running and you go with it, you know, and it's like I said, the cost of entry is basically zero if you want it to be. I mean, you could spend as much as you want, but you don't have to spend anything and you can still create your own podcast, create your own content and get started, right? Exactly. And I was thinking about this the other day is that um, because I have about, I think, well, we have about 20 different shows on our network now. And I have a whole bunch of separate podcasts that run on their own verticals. And I was thinking about the other day is we're taking a lot of these non-celebrity-esque people and giving them a place to live in some of these large platforms now that have their own real estate, let's say, and some of these podcast channels like Spotify, Apple, iTunes, and all these different podcast channels that are out there. We have now given them real estate on those spaces with with some of the biggest companies in the world, self-building their own personal brand. How amazing is that? And you look out on your phone and you see your image or your picture or your face or your brand or your company. Now it's in everyone's hand. They're about to spend maybe an hour, two hours a week with you, if not longer, or maybe just a little less. That is such an amazing channel, I find, of creating who you are and then creating those connections with the people that buy your products, getting them to become the influencers and the people that resonate or use your products. They can sell your products better than you can any day when you have them on the shows. That's why when we do our show, we don't talk about our company once. We don't sell a product once. And that is big from one of the biggest sales companies out there that we are. That is huge for us. And I think for us, it gets people that we always say people don't want to be sold stuff. They want to buy stuff. We believe the same thing. They don't want to be sold stuff on a podcast. They want to listen and enjoy stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think this has been a really, you know, invigorating and thoughtful discussion over, you know, the difference again, between personal and corporate brand focusing, how, you know, you can identify the correct individuals, how you can develop them out for a long-term strategy. What are some of the risks and implications when it comes to that? But Jay, what sort of call to action do you have for our audience today? And just, you know, a key takeaway for the episode. Yeah, absolutely. This is my mantra or my legacy is I really, I hope everyone can start looking at their company and the relationship to the brand that they have as a personal brand. Look at, review it. Does it resonate anymore with the audience? We've seen the consumer aspect or the B2B aspects of these companies. They're younger people. They're people that grew up with social media. They grew up with more of that personal mindset. They're shifting. These CEOs are shifting. They're becoming younger. They're, they're more educated. They're more smarter than ever. And we need to understand that audience and who we're connecting with more and more. So we need to review our brands. Where are we at? What's it resonating? Does our branding strategies work right now? Reflect on them. Look at them, right? Are we pulling up banners at shows and events to say who we are? Or are we having just really good people to talk to people about it? 
right? So we need to then, then you need to identify who are those brand ambassadors? Who are those people that are going to go around and share the great things that your brand is doing, right? In an indirect way, not a direct way, but an indirect way, right? And I think we need to understand that more and more is that you don't have to be so direct in your strategy or building your brand. Indirect is so much, it's so much better. Trust me, it's so much better. But we need to make sure that we, we find those people, bring them on our team, and then we need to look at how and what can they do to get out there and get that message out there. Are they on social? Employee advocacy right now is so big. It is huge in Europe right now that people will believe something that the employee post versus the company post. So on social or what they're talking about, or are they speaking at an event? That's the brand of the company of this person being the educational aspect of this conference, or we're listening to this person about the knowledge they have. I think that is so big. So we need to understand that. You need to understand who those people are and what and where can they get involved in to build their brand out. And don't look at it as, as the area that you're always in. Look at and step outside some of those events or, or activations that you can do out in your marketplace or outside your marketplace a little bit to really build your brand up there. So that's my call to action for everyone that's listening to this is look at it where it is, review who those people are going to be, and then look at the different things that you can do to get your brands out there in an untraditional way that we've ever done before. We're seeing some big brands right now collaborate as well. I know Absolute Vodka is collaborating, I believe, with Ocean Spray right now. There's some really big brands starting to collaborate. And I think you're going to see community be a big aspect for a lot of these brands to start building communities and also connecting by utilizing like the big brands together. And we've never really seen that. We've seen a little bit over the, over the last few years, but I think we're going to see more and more of these big corporations starting to brand together. And that whole thing together, we're stronger, is definitely going to come when it comes to branding as we move forward. I think that's awesome. How can our listeners get connected with you as well too? You know, you know, you've got a podcast, you're on, you know, social platforms. How can they find out more about what you're doing on your channels as well? Yeah. So if you follow me, so Jay Ashton on LinkedIn, I'm on LinkedIn, like religiously all the time. Um, I host a daily podcast called the restaurant, the daily restaurant podcast show. Um, we're on all channels. I also do a lot of workshops and a lot of events, a lot of speaking, a lot of webinars. We're doing some audio webinars now, audio events on LinkedIn. And then you can also follow me, Kenna's Restaurant Guy on Instagram as well. Well, that's great. I would encourage everybody to go check it out because I've been excited about all the things you're doing and I'm so glad that we got to have you on the podcast um, because you're just a wealth of knowledge. So thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you.